listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boot Crew Media. And the NFL draft is literally just around the corner, which for some people, maybe that upsets you. You maybe like the speculation for about two, three months about who the Saints will and won't draft. And then for others, you're probably relieved, right? You're probably sick of people like me just talking about NFL draft prospects for about two and a half months. But nonetheless, it's coming here. It's going to be on Thursday night. It's going to be really exciting, especially for the Saints, because they do own at the moment two first round picks. And if they wheel and deal, that'd be intriguing. If they take two players at 16 and 19, that would be intriguing as well. So, so many options there. What we're going to do for this one, we're going to do a mock draft simulator. You'll see, I'll pull it up on the screen and we'll kind of go through it together and kind of go through the thought process. Again, it will probably end up being irrelevant because whatever we might predict or say or want to happen, teams will go in a different direction. And again, you don't know how the board's going to shape out. So this is more so of a fun exercise for all of us to kind of get it through our system one last time, one more mock just for fun and see how, you know, maybe this simulator will play out. And then it'll be interesting to see how we can maybe compare that to the real thing on Thursday night, because man, it's always unpredictable. I think this year more than ever, there are a couple of teams that I think can really shake up the draft. And one of them, Carolina Panthers and what they do at number six. I'm also going to talk about my five favorite realistic prospects. So we'll kind of give a, a little bit of a beware or caution to that segment before I get there, because there might be some prospects that aren't considered top five prospects. But when we talk about realistic, I think they could end up on the New Orleans Saints. And then I'll also answer some questions that you guys sent me on Twitter. Had a lot of fun answering those last time. So going to get to those um, this time as well. Before I get things started, remember, guys, the NBA playoffs are in full swing, which is great news for New Orleans sports fans because the Pelicans are looking pretty damn good so far against the number one seed Phoenix Suns. And with NBA playoff basketball, that means next level basketball when it comes to betting and you get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NBA. You can bet $5 on any team to win their first round game. And if they win, you get $150 in free bets instantly. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code BOOT, all capital B-O-O-T. You'll see it on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. And you can bet on an NBA team to win their game during the first round. And like I said before, you get $150 in free bets with the promo code BOOT for DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA Great stuff there. Obviously, game five coming up between the Suns and the Pelicans. But without further ado, let's get into some Saints content. Let's talk about what they need, right? And and for the New Orleans Saints, I think there's a lot of needs for this team. I think that, that you know, it's a weird position, right? Because if you ask me right now, do I think the Saints have a solid roster? Do I have a, a roster that they can contend with? In terms of being a playoff team, I would tell you, yes. I do think there are pieces here on this team whether it's at linebacker, whether it's on the defensive line, whether it's at cornerback, whether it's you know the special teams unit, I think the Saints do have the pieces in place in what I think is a weaker NFC to compete for a playoff spot. Like, are they a Super Bowl contender? I would tell you no, especially today looking at the roster, but it should be better after Thursday, should be better after Friday, and then we could kind of assess from there. But I do think this is a strong team, but they do have holes, and I think the holes that they have are glaring, and the first one, without a doubt, is the number one concern for me, wide receiver. I think there's no question about the Saints' wide receiver need, right? You can't go into this season thinking that a healthy Michael Thomas is going to save everything, right? Because a healthy Michael Thomas 
while that is great, and boy, do I want to see that, what happens if he does miss time? You kind of saw what happened last year. When he has to miss the whole season, who's going to step up if you have the same receiving core? And right now, it's the same thing. So they got to get better at wide receiver. Hopefully, on Thursday night, they can do that. They can really use one of those intriguing wide receiver prospects in the first round. What else do they need? I think you can say that offensive tackle is a need. You lose Teron Armstead. You need a replacement. I don't know if it is a dire need, though, like wide receiver is, but it is a need. You can use another offensive tackle. Frankly, you could use another offensive guard with the way Cesar Ruiz played last year. So I'm going to say offensive line has to be ranked two. I think a very, very sneaky need. And at this point, it, it shouldn't be a sneaky need anymore at this point, but I still think that it needs to get more attention. Running back, like you look at this running back room, let's say Alvin Kamara doesn't get suspended, right? Because his hearing got pushed back to August 1st. And with court cases like this, those things kind of get pushed around nonstop. It's already been pushed, uh, delayed twice. Wouldn't be shocked if it gets delayed again or that process takes a little bit longer and it lingers. Even if he doesn't get suspended, I think they need a running back. So now think to yourself, if I think they need a running back, even if Kamara doesn't get suspended, what do I think if Kamara does get suspended? You only heighten that need. And I think this draft is loaded with a lot of intriguing running backs on day two and day day three. So can the Saints get one of those? That'll be intriguing for me. Do the Saints need a tight end? That's another need. That would be around four for me. And man, they need one. And this is a really solid tight end class. I would love to see them grab one there. Number five, this isn't going to be for everyone. And of course, it's all based on your preference, but I do think you have to put quarterback there if the board falls your way. Now, the reason quarterback I won't throw so high up on the list is because the Saints can still win games on Sundays with their current quarterback situation. I just think when you have so many short-term contracts, it would be wrong of me to not put it on a list of potential needs. So I'll put quarterback there. Of course, as the asterisk, though, the board has to fall their way. If the board does not fall their way, there's no point in just taking a quarterback just to take one. That would be foolish. So There are a couple of quarterbacks in this draft class I think the Saints can possibly take and maybe they'll consider. But if it's not one of those, you just move on um, and you kind of strengthen the roster you have now. Safety, that's a need. And and finally, we get to defense, right? There's a theme here. They need offensive help. Safety is a position that the Saints can use help at and we'll see if they do that. And I'd say the same for defensive tackle, albeit they did upgrade a little bit in free agency, but I still think they need more work there. And then linebacker, Demario Davis isn't getting any younger and you could possibly lose Quan Alexander. So I do think linebacker is another position of need for the Saints. Now, before I get into that mock uh, simulator, again, like I said, five realistic targets for the Saints that I like, regardless of position, just five players that I think could possibly go to the Saints, and I think they'd be really good fits. And the first one is one that you guys all know and love. It's Chris Olave from Ohio State. I think he is realistic in the sense that he could go before 16, but it's not a definite. Like, I do think that... Jamison Williams will be gone before 16. I do think that Garrett Wilson will be gone before 16. I think there's a chance Chris Olave will be there at 16. And if he is there at 16, he probably should and will be the pick. Although we'll see what happens there. Another guy that I like that's a realistic target, and he's again a wide receiver, George Pickens out of Georgia. I've said it enough. Like I think he's so physical and he can get downfield and he can make catches that are contested that he'd be a really good fit for the Saints. And they are not in a position where they can be picky about what wide receiver they need. They can need they need any type of wide receiver. And I think George Pickens would be a really good selection for the Saints. And he's a realistic target. He's not a guy that's going to go top 10. But can he go at 19? Could he fall in the second round and they can move up to get him? I think that's possible. So I would have him there. Another guy, Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State, the running back. He's 
I would say he is definitely a day two prospect. I don't anticipate a running back going uh, in the first round. If it is, it will be Bruce Hall out of Iowa State. I think Kenneth Walker is a home run hitter that the Saints need. And I think the way he runs in between the tackles and the way he can get outside and make a guy miss, he is a traditional workhorse running back. And I think the Saints can really do use one of those to A, take pressure off Alvin Kamara, but B, kind of get back to that one-two punch. You think about the 2017, 2018 teams we liked, they had that running back duo. So I'm very, very intrigued to see what the Saints could look like if they have Kenneth Walker uh, on their roster. The fourth guy, this is defense. I've talked about a little, uh, a little bit about him before. Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. He is a, a box safety that I think the Saints can really thrive with, and I think he can be your perfect Malcolm Jenkins replacement if the Saints want to go with him. You're seeing a lot more people start connect the dots, uh, connecting the dots between Brisker and the Saints. Do they know something maybe, or do they think it's just a good fit? And it's probably the latter, and it makes a lot of sense. I think he would be a seamless uh, fit for this off, uh, for this defense Excuse me, and a really good transition. You go from Jenkins to Brisker, get that physical box safety who can make plays in coverage as well. I, I think he would really be a nice fit for the New Orleans Saints. And then the fifth one, another day two-ish type player, Travis Jones from UConn. You want to beef up the interior of your defensive line? Look no further than a guy like him who... You know, a lot of the attention is on a player like Jordan Davis out of Georgia. And George Dav- Jordan, J- uh, Jordan Davis, excuse me, out of Georgia is a very, very intriguing athlete. But when I watch him, I don't know if he stands out to me as much of a guy like Travis Jones, who I see him making the, gra- the game-breaking plays on film. You know, you look at Jordan Davis, it's more so of a, okay, I know he has the talent to do it. And I think that's a little bit different compared to whether or not you're actually doing it Uh, on a consistent basis. So he's another prospect for me that I really like. So overall, it was Olave, Pickens, Kenneth Walker, Jaquan Brisker, and Travis Jones. Those are five realistic options that I think would be really good players um, or picks, I should say, for the New Orleans Saints. So without further ado, let's get into the mock simulator. Talked about it before. We're going to get into this. We're going to kind of dive into what the board for this scenario might look like, and it'll probably look completely different on Thursday night because I think it just takes one team to A, take a quarterback, or B, start a run on wide receivers, and this board will shake up completely different. So let's kind of get into it. Uh, I'm going to pull it up on the screen here. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll have a chance to kind of, uh, I would say, sweat it out with me almost in a sense, kind of like uh, it's poker. But let's kind of go through this uh, and start this simulator and and, and go through there. So we're going to start the draft. It's obviously going to go through um, you know, and anyone who's done a mock draft, you know how they just kind of fly off these picks if you have it on fast. And if you don't have it on fast, man, you got a lot of time on your hands uh, to go through these picks. So let's kind of recap real quick. Picking at 16, who's off the board? Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson. Um, you know, those are the first two picks in this one. A lot, I would say, of, of um, chalk in the sense that look at the prospects off the board. If it's not Kayvon, it's Evan Neal or, or Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley Jr. or, or Charles Cross. Um, but let's look at the more important position. Wide receiver. How many wide receivers have come off the board? That's something that everyone wants to know right now. Well, in this simulator, the first wide receiver taken off the board is Jameson Williams, who everyone knows is my wide receiver one. He goes to the Jets. And then not so far after him, Garrett Wilson at 12 to Minnesota. So that means there's two wide receivers that are already off the board for the Saints. But that's actually good news because I think if only two wide receivers come off the board, the Saints can get themselves a damn good football player. And guess what? 
If I'm picking at 16 here, I'm looking at my options. You have Drake London from USC, a very intriguing prospect. Um, you could go defensive line. You want Devontae White out of Georgia. He's there. But I think Chris Olave just makes too much sense, and I'm probably going to make Saints fans happy here. He's got to be the pick for me. I think he is a an excellent complementary piece to Michael Thomas if Michael Thomas is healthy. He, he, he has a complete route tree. He's very polished. He's a pro's pro. Um, I, I think Olave, if he hits, he could end up being a lesser version of Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper, you know, a lot of people get on his case. He's a damn good football player, and he's been for years. So uh, I really like Chris Olave in this spot, and I'm going to have to take him, especially knowing that Philly and L.A. behind the Saints could go wide receiver. And now we're picking at 19. And funny enough, so I don't think it's going to work out this way on draft night, which is why I say when you do a simulator like this, you, you got to take it with a grain of salt because things are going to look completely different. But in this scenario, the Saints have a lot of options. Like, they can go double up on wide receiver and get Drake London. They can go get Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. They can get N'Kobe Dean, the linebacker of Georgia. They can go get themselves an offensive tackle. Like, there are, there are picks here for the New Orleans Saints. They can also go get a quarterback if they wanted to. So, I'm looking around. And honestly, I'm kind of torn here. And, and the reason I'm torn here, and people might not like it, is I really, really do like Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. I think he is a very intriguing player. And I think for the Saints, if they were to kind of beef up um, you know, their defensive line, he's a player that I like actually a little bit more than Jordan Davis. And uh, you know, the, the Saints could go get an offensive tackle, but I guess the question is how much I would say, you know, do you value that that position? Like do you think offensive tackle is that dire of a need that I have to go grab one right now at 19? If you do, then man, you got to go do it. If not, I think Devontae Wyatt's a very good player here. So I'm looking at this from my perspective, and I'm actually torn on these two players. I really like Wyatt's fit. I know Bernard out of, out of Central Michigan is, is pretty damn good. So you kind of have to make a decision here. And I think for the Saints, when you almost get the sense that you might go draft-heavy on offense to begin with, you know, I'm, I'm kind of torn. And even a guy like Travis Jones out of Connecticut, he he's on the board here. George Pickens is on the board here. There are so many good options that I think at the end of the day, this could work out where the Saints have a decision to make. Do you go by the board? Where does, what does the board dictate? Um, and for me, I'm going to make a little bit of a, I would say, out there pick. I'm going to go Devontae White. I know that's not what people want, and people are going to be a little confused as to why I made the pick, but I think at some point the Saints might consider going defense in this draft, and why not if you think he fits the best possible player um, in terms of value, why not do that? So I, I'm, I'm intrigued right there um, in terms of what you got. Now we go to the second round, and in the second round, there are options. There are absolutely options on the board here. There's also trade options if you wanted to trade back. We're not going to do that, though. We're going to kind of keep it pretty simple uh, in terms of what we're looking at. And, and you know, lo and behold, there's a player here that I really like out of Penn State, Jaquan Brisker there at 49. I think value-wise, he would be great. Troy Anderson out of Montana State. He's really rising up the ranks in terms of people, um, what they rank, right? I would say this is where a decision has to get made. I, I think there are two players here that my mind would go to. It's Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. I think he is very, very intriguing. And then the other player here would be Matt Corral. And the question would be, how good do you think Matt Corral can be? And the, the history of second-round quarterbacks the last couple of years is not good, and that would kind of lean me towards being like, okay, I don't really know um, if I would lean towards him. 
But I do think that the Saints like certain aspects of his game. I do think there's a lot to like about him. Um, on the flip side, I do think that it's kind of tough to pass up a guy like Jaquan Brisker, who I really do like. So in this particular scenario, it would be tough for me, but I think I would go with Jaquan Brisker. I just think the value there is too good to pass up. Um, and again, I don't know if the Saints do actually value Corral that high. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, um, but we'll see what happens. And now we're going to go to the third round. And again, for people who don't know, I think I only did the first um, three rounds because you get into the day four players and it is an absolute crapshoot. Like, I, I don't know who's going to take some, like what's going to happen there. Like, you know, picks are getting traded left and right. There's so much movement that I, I think that it would be kind of odd to go through the whole thing. So, and if people do want a whole thing, I'm pretty sure I've posted um, a bunch in the past about where to go. So now we're in the third round. Saints kind of need some help here. I, I think that you can go with, you know, an offensive tackle if you want. You can look at the running backs on the board, see if there's anything out there. But I think a lot of it comes down to your board, right? And I look at this board right now, and I'm looking at running backs. Rashad White, Pierre Strong, uh, Tyler Algier, Kyron Williams, Brian Robinson, Isaiah Spiller, Ty Chandler, Keontae Ingram. There's a lot of value. And I think if you're the Saints, you're looking around, and you know that you can get a running back later on because there's so many. What you can't get if the board shapes out this way at 98 is an offensive tackle with a lot of upside like Kellen Dishu, I think would be a, a really good player um, at that position in terms of value. Um, so I would take him there uh, to kind of wrap up this mini mock. And I, I think for this overall, is it a little out there with going two players on offense and going two players on defense? It absolutely is. But would it not surprise me if the New Orleans Saints don't go all offense with their first four picks? No, like I, I think the Saints at some point are going to take defense. And Maybe I went too defensive heavy here in terms of getting a safety and a defensive lineman, but I think this mock draft in a very good way also showed the power of the board, right? The board dictates every move you make. And I think for this particular scenario, when the board shapes out the way it did at A, round two, and B, round three, you got to take it. Like, I think getting Kellen from Arizona State and getting Jaquan from Penn State, I think the value of those two picks, if they were to happen, are tremendous. And... When you see that, that's why, you know, everyone's like, oh, they got to get Trevor Penning, right? And maybe they could take Trevor Penning, and maybe they will if he falls to 16 or 19. I think that you can wait and get a guy on day two. If you're if you're not hell-bent on starting one of these dudes this year anyway, why not take one on day, on day two, you know? So I think the value would be good there. You still walk away with who I think is a perfect fit scheme-wise in Chris Olave, so that immediately boosts your wide receiving group. I think you get a running back on day three. You know, I didn't take one on day two here, but you looked at the board. When I make that pick towards the end of round three, the names that I listed, Pierre Strong, Brian Robinson, um, uh, who else was there? Tyler Algier was still there. Uh, Rashad White was still there. They can go get a running back in round four. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of looking at this draft differently, right? Because you have a wide receiver. You have a running back. You have a tackle. But you still beefed up your defense. And I think beefing up the defense is a little important. I think Devontae Wyatt, could end up being a really, really good football player. And, you know, I just talked about it before. I'm not very high on Jordan Davis. Devontae Wyatt, for me, I think that's the guy that if you are going to watch, I think he's a really, really good player. And I think that he, you know, if the Saints are going to go with a defensive lineman, he makes a lot of sense for them. And, again, 
if you do it over and you're, you're kind of looking at your options, maybe you do take offensive tackle. Maybe you do, do double up on wide receiver. I know Drake London was there in that situation, although I find it very hard to believe two wide receivers will be there for the taking like this situation. There are options. But at the end of the day, if you just give me Chris Olave at 16, I am cool with the Saints going BPA for the rest of the draft. And I honestly would say Chris Olave would be BPA in that uh, position, even though Pro Football Focus, the simulator, would uh, disagree. But overall, in this little simulator that we ran, you end up getting two really, really talented players, one on each side of the ball in the first round. You get a safety who I think is an excellent value play at 49. And mind you, you know, we, we a lot of people want Tyron Matthew in the building. Let's say he's out of their price range. Jaquan Brisker, you come in, you develop him. And the Saints have developed safeties really well the last couple of years. That could end up being a really good pick. And then obviously, we'll see what you could do with a, a third round uh, offensive tackle. But he is someone that you're going to see linked to the Saints and you're going to see it often. And I think that's okay. Like, I, I, I'm totally okay with that pick. So this might not be what everyone wants. And frankly, I don't know if it's what I want. It's funny enough because I'm the one making the picks. But I do think that there is a chance something like this can unfold where two out of the four picks or maybe one out of the four picks is defense. And I know we want them to go all, all offense. And trust me, I do want them to. But when the board shapes out that way and there is really good value, I think you kind of let it dictate that as long as you address wide receiver because you cannot, you cannot ignore wide receiver. But in this situation, I was fortunate enough to get that out of the way and then kind of let the board dictate it. And again, like I said, had I done a full mock, you would have got another running back. You might have got another wide receiver. I thought I saw Kyle Phillips was lurking there. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm not out on this scenario. Um, and I think it is a possible one, but we'll see what happens on Thursday night. It'll all shake up. And I'm curious if you guys have interesting mocks that you ran, you want to show me, um, obviously hit me up with them. I'd, I'd love to see um, what they end up looking like. Now, before I wrap it up, we got some fan questions to get to. Um, and, and it'll be really interesting to see what you guys have here. Obviously, I said I wanted to do this more often. So let's see what you guys got for me. It seems like we got 10 to 11 questions. I'll wrap these up. Um, and then we'll get out of here. So the first one comes from Nicholas. He says, how high would you trade up to get Evan Neal or Charles Cross? Look, I, I think it, it depends, right? Because once you start trading up inside the top 10, you're probably getting rid of 16 and 19. And I've, I've said it a lot of times. I really don't like trading up into the top 10 unless it's for a quarterback. And even if you trade inside the top 10, you take a quarterback, you got to be absolutely certain that they're going to be a superstar because you're giving up 16 and 19. And Remember, to get 16 and 19, you made such a big trade in the first place, so that's so much capital invested in one player. But I would say, you know, if, if Evan Neal or Charles Cross gets to, like, the 10 range, I, I think if you really want them that bad, I think you can make the trade because I think there's a significant gap between Evan Neal and Charles Cross relative to Trevor Penning. Um, I think they're much more superior prospects. So if the Saints really want one and they really, really want an offensive tackle like them, okay, you could trade, I would say, around 10 um and that would be really first off would be tremendous value for the player but you won't have to maybe give up as much as you'd have to if let's say they traded to seven with the giants that's a that's a premier spot to move up in um so i think 10 would kind of be my cutoff there who is the saints realistic player likely to be there at 16 on top of their board if he is there at 16 i think chris olave would kind of be a no-brainer i think if he is there at 16 kyle hamilton would be another player that would would appeal to the saints um, and I think kind of, you know, I, I don't know if he would definitely be a no brainer there, but I think if, if Trevor Penning is there at 16 or 19, that's someone that they're going to strongly consider, but those are players I think for them, um, that are kind of realistic. I would love to see Jamison Williams. I don't think he's going to be there, but if he is there, I think the Saints got to run up with the card and draft him. Like you don't even let a minute run off that clock. 
um, while you're thinking it out. Like you're drafting him and you're never looking back. How do you feel about Penning, especially with all the hate and exposés on his film the past week? You know, the way I feel about Penning is the same I've always felt. Like, I think he's a guy that if you have the right plan to come in and develop him and coach him properly, he's an athletic freak. And I think the thing about a guy like him with with the athleticism that he has, and you can just go look at the RAS score, he is really, really talented in terms of that regard, but he is sloppy with his play. He is a little bit of a, a too much of a tough guy in the sense that it could cost you. So, I'm curious about where he ends up and how do you develop him? Like, I think if he goes to Baltimore, okay, maybe Baltimore could properly develop him. But, you know, with the Saints, you, you better have a plan in place. I wouldn't hate the pick. I can't make that any more clear. Like, I know there's a lot of people that would hate if the Saints draft Trevor Penning. Like, they absolutely hate it. So some people saying they would re- uh, renounce their fandom, which um, kind of made me laugh. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, you know, it's one of those picks that, would I love it? no. Would I understand it? Yes. Um, but I do think people who are kind of doing these exposés on this film, I think we could take most prospects in this draft and we could kind of go through the really bad tape and we could start a dialogue about it. And I think for Penning, the problem is he tried to do too much at the Senior Bowl. Sometimes that cost him. And he did get bull rushed a lot. And I think that is the question, right? Can you get him in and can you kind of get rid of those weaknesses or, or at least lessen them? Um, I, I would like him a lot more at 19 than I would 16. I know that might seem a little odd because it's only a three pick difference but it does make sense these next two questions are about kyle hamilton so i'll kind of go to those mix them together one person says if kyle hamilton falls to 11 13 would you be opposed to trading up and picking him and another person asked if kyle hamilton falls to 16 should the saints take him i I think this is interesting so if he falls to 16 i'm taking him depending on how the board looks right if olave is there if jameson williams is there if garrett wilson's there i'm gonna take them but if he's the best player on the board and, and the three wide receivers I mentioned aren't there and the best wide receiver available is like, I don't know, Traylon Burks, I would take Kyle Hamilton. I think the value is too good to pass up. Would I trade up for Kyle Hamilton? Uh, you know, it depends. I think you mentioned, you know, if he falls to 11 to 13, I don't think you have to trade both first-round picks, so that's good. You'd probably trade one of those mid-round picks to move up to that spot. If you value him that much and you really, really think that if you get him in there, he is going to fix this secondary and make it even better than it was. Okay, I'm cool with it. But I think the the ideal scenario, if you take Kyle Hamilton, is he falls to 16. What is your opinion of Alec Pierce? He's feisty speedy wide receiver from Cincinnati. I really like him. If the Saints trade up in the first to get a tackle, do you like Pierce with the Saints? I know he has a strong second-round feeling. Do you? I like Alec Pierce a lot. I've kind of said Alec Pierce is one of those day-two guys that you know, you're almost going to take him for granted because you're going to say, if you don't take a wide receiver day one, you could take Alec Pierce day two. But then you kind of forget if there is a run on, a run on wide receivers, a lot of teams are going to want Alec Pierce because you what you mentioned, he's big, he's speedy, uh, ran a really good 40 time. It was like a 4-4-1. He's 6-3. Is his route tree re- uh, refined? No, like it has to get a lot better. But I think he is a, a guy who you could come in day one and let's say Jameis Winston's your starting quarterback and, and all signs right now point to that. That is a player that I think Jameis can maximize because he's going to throw it deep to him. He'll be able to high point the football. Um, I think that's the type of receiver that would work well with Jameis Winston's skill set. So I'm all in on Alec Pierce as a day two prospect. And I do think he's going to go second round. I think a lot of people had him ranked in the 90s. And at first he was day, uh, a round three guy, but he's moving up the board. I would expect him to be day two, early, uh, either early third or late second. I'm kind of leading late second because I think there will be a run on wide receivers. And I really, really do like um, Alec Pierce. If all four of the consensus top receivers are gone in the first 15, who are you taking at 16 or 19? Or are you waiting for the second? Well, look, for me, 
you know I love George Pickens, so I would take George Pickens at 19. I think he would be there at 19, and I would not think that's a reach. I, that's how good I think George Pickens can be. I don't know if the Saints feel that way about George Pickens. So in that scenario, I think they would, A, look at who the offensive tackles are, or B, look at the best player available defensively. I think that would be one of their options, which is kind of why I took Devontae wide before. The reason I did it is I don't want to go into something unrealistic. I don't think the Saints are taking two wide receivers in the first round, hence why I kind of went with the BPA thing with Wyatt. Um, but I think that is possible. And I think another possibility is if, let's say, they go offensive tackle at 16. If they're at 19 and Malik Willis is still there, or Kenny Pickett's still there, or Matt Corral's still there, and they like them, you know, they could take it and I, I take one of them and I kind of wouldn't really hate it because if they don't like the other wide receivers available, okay, fine. Like maybe Pickens or Pearson round two is someone you can grab. So I think that's kind of how they'd approach the situation. What happens if the top four wide receivers, the top four offensive tackles, Hamilton and Jordan Davis are all gone before 16. So if all those are gone before 16, I want to do the math. Those are 10 players gone, right? And there would be five more picks. Hutchinson, let's say he's gone. Walker's gone. Uh, let's say Icky's gone. You know, in that scenario that you give me, that means here's who's going to be who's here. Who is here's who's going to be available? I can't even speak right now. It would be one of either Evan Neal. Excuse me, you said no Evan Neal, so he'll be gone. It will be one of either Stingley or Gardner, which I don't think is going to happen. Jermaine Johnson or Devontae Wyatt, which maybe could happen, and Johnson would be really good value. Or you could end up getting yourself a quarterback. Um, is that a great situation? No. Could you go Devin Lloyd out of Utah? Kind of shock people, go linebacker? Maybe. Uh, I've seen some people recently mock him. But I think that in that situation, you either got to go BPA, which if it's defensive player, you got to take him. And maybe it would be a defensive player. Who knows? Like if Stingley felt a 16, which he's not going to, I don't care that you have Lattimore. I would take him. And then find a team that's going to throw on your secondary. And then maybe, maybe a, a quarterback at 19. Or if they do like Penning, maybe that's the pick. Or maybe they look at someone like Devin Lloyd out of Utah, or maybe they like Traylon Burks better than we do. And if that's the case, then maybe he's there at 19. So I, I think that's kind of how they handle it. Do you see the Saints trading up somewhere on draft day? If there is a third or fourth rounder, they really love and want to get him. Yeah, so I, I think that they will make a trade on draft day, and I think it will probably come on day two. The Saints are historically aggressive on day two, trading up and getting guys like Eric McCoy and, and Von Bell and, and Paulson Adebo. That's like their MO, like their thing is to trade up. They don't like that long waiting period on day two. So I, I expect them to trade up. And there was a long gap between pick 49 and I believe like pick 98. Can they shorten the gap by trading a day three pick? I think it's possible. So that's kind of where I expect them to um, make a trade. Any chance you think the Saints have made agreements with Tyron Matthew and Jarvis Landry to sign post-draft to not affect the comp picks and also see how the board falls? Well, for Jarvis Landry, the comp picks doesn't matter. He got released, so he won't affect the formula. Uh, as for Tyron Matthew, he would affect the comp pick formula, so um, good mentioning it there. I, I don't think they have a handshake deal with anyone. I think that a lot of these teams, they say, hey, this is the number that I'm willing to pay for you, and if you don't get a contract before the draft, let's revisit and, and let's see where you're at. Um, but I don't know if they got, I don't think they have anything, you know, any under the, the table agreements. I, I think that it's one of those things that they, they gave them a number, show them what you're willing to pay, and I'll, I'll talk to you after the draft, depending on how the board shapes out. And the last question, if two receivers are picked real early about pick eight, uh, pick eight, think the Saints would go into trade-up mode, or do you think they're more casual about it, given that they haven't been drafting wide receivers early recently? I think it depends, right? Like, here's the Saints situation. If, let's say their two best receivers are, or two favorite are like Jamison and Garrett Wilson, who I have as the, the number one and number two ranked receivers. Let's say 
One goes to the Jets or one goes to the Giants, whatever. One goes to the Falcons at eight. And now it's Drake London, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks. Those are their three, right? That are the next best. Although I would throw Pickens in there. You know, for me, I, I think it all depends, right? Because you're going to have to make a, a, a jump. And the worst part is if there is a run and the Saints kind of move up and these teams sniff around and like, hey, they're moving up for a wide receiver. You're going to want them to pay. And do the Saints want to give up 16 and 19, hypothetically, to get to, let's say, 10 where the Jets are picking or maybe nine where Seattle's picking and take a wide receiver because Seattle doesn't need a wide receiver, but maybe the Jets do a 10 and the Saints want to leapfrog them. 16 and 19, you get a wide receiver and you're probably going to get Olave or maybe Drake London. I, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I want Olave on the Saints, but now you invest so much in that one player. I, I don't know. I, I would imagine they kind of let the board fall to them. But you never know. You you really never know. Now, if it is Jamison Williams that they really like and he's still there and the first two receivers, neither one are him, maybe you do move up because maybe you think he's wide receiver one. So it all depends on their board. But that is that is a great question because I think you put yourself in a bind because you imagine the Jets go wide receiver at 10 and you got to get to pick nine. And Seattle doesn't need a wide receiver. They got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So they would really make you pay for it in terms of what you'd have to give up. So see what happens. All of this could end up being irrelevant. All of it could be some, some of it could be relevant. We'll kind of see what happens on Thursday night when the draft unfolds. But as of now, Saints are picking 16 and 19. It should be an electric NFL draft. So much for the Saints. And I'll have content. I'll be doing videos for each pick that the Saints make. I'll have a recap podcast, obviously. And then hopefully the draft after concludes and we get through a little bit of a dead period. I'll get some of these rookies on, hopefully chat it up with them and, and see what they're all about. But that's a little bit ahead uh, in the future. But for now, we got about 48 hours until the NFL draft. But until then, guys, hope you kind of uh, stay off. Um, I'm going to say stay off Twitter, but stay away from some of the, the, the smoke screens out there because they are out there and they're trying to deceive you. And with two days left, you're going to hear a bunch of crazy rumors. Probably a bunch of crazy rumors on Thursday will come out kind of tanking player stocks or trying to, um, whether it's from teams trying to let a player fall to them or something getting leaked out. We'll see what happens. It's, we've seen some crazy shit before. Would not be surprised if we see more in the future. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. Keep it plugged in here for more content throughout the week, especially on Thursday and Friday of the NFL Draft. So for more content, make sure to subscribe to Buku Media's YouTube page. And as always, keep it plugged in here on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Who Dead. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.